Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip, where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and City, the two movies, of course, the revival, and then, so exciting, we are getting season two. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I feel like I was just having a stroke. I don't know what. I was really having a hard time. I've been getting screamed at about something called QuickTime Player. We're starting. We started out good. We mm-hmm. slipped a bit. We've discussed whether or not the Batman is sexy or not. The Robert Pattinson Batman. Correct. Everyone knows and Michael the answer Keaton is, Batman he's is he's not hot. But our producer, our king, the only person keeping this podcast running, mm-hmm. he says he's supposed to be emo. Right, but, you know... I didn't see this movie, so I don't know why I have an opinion. Because you are you, and you have an opinion. I mean, I saw the runtime and thought, I'm staying my ass at home. Yeah, I mean, it's three hours long. Not for me. But let's focus on some good news. Mm -hmm. We're getting it. And just like that, season two. I'm so excited. I kind of figured we would but there had never been like a formal announcement so i was i was holding my breath I, yes i was getting a little worried because i was like what's the what's the hold up guys what's the hold up what's happening mm-hmm. what is the future and i want to thank every single one of our dear listeners who sent this to me because they were like almost certain i'd never find out no they're like we got to get him the news i was in a meeting my phone lit up like someone was dead yeah I had a dear friend reach out and call. I was like, what's happening? I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I have to step out for a second. So to step out from an important budget meeting to find simply that in just like that is coming back, it was at least a happier moment than someone had passed. I mean, it's so exciting. So Chris, what do you want to see in season two? More Dr. Nia Wallace, more Seema Patel, more LTW. I was writing about this today over at the dip.com in the community post, and people were chiming in on what they want to see. And it's such a fun place to just hang out because, you know, it's not so negative as when you posted it and people were like, we don't like this. Everyone was like, we're excited to see more. So just come on over to the dip.com and hang out on the community post because it's like being embraced by people who aren't negative, except me. <laughs> it's, it's like a happy Reddit. 
like it's it's a happy positive place and honestly instagram is getting more and more negative so the perhaps the only happy place on the internet is the dips community posts yeah well with the new roni news i've seen lots of hate and i to them Things i just are say a myth and a foot <laughs> yeah but what do you want to see oh god i really want to see oh god i know what you want to see what more of that guy Seema was fucking, who was oh, originally who I'm in love with, who was originally who was, Carrie's um guy who she was uh, shopping shirt with. Shirt guy, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to see him, but also I really want to see the fallout, the inevitable fallout of Miranda and Che. So excited about that. Uh, I don't. Do you want to see? And forgive me because I have not. Although I was just watching on YouTube the final scene of it just like that multiple times. Do you want to see the podcast producer back? Like, do you yes. want to actually see them date or do you think he's a nice? I personally view him more as a sign that we're done grieving. I'm not sure I 100% want to see Carrie date him because I think at this point we need to do some stunt casting with who Carrie dates. Well, I don't want her to just jump right into a relationship. I think that that would be kind of boring. I think I would like this idea that they're friends, they're colleagues. They're fucking. Yeah, but it's kind of like weird. And then she goes out on other dates and he has to like hear about it through her podcast. Like, well, her I podcast think that would isn't be about fun. her own personal life, although I hope it is. And by the way, I hope right. the mon- I hope that the voiceover comes back. The monologues, yes, please. I hope so. Um, but I think it's a great place to just like get some male actors in there who we all love and know. Because Hunks. I think that's what we need. This is not the Carrie Bradshaw of seasons one through six where we could just throw anybody in. Or I shouldn't say, I should say actually seasons one through five. Like there was a reason that they felt that the person who they would bring in to play Petrotsky needed to be someone who at least some level of the audience would have a recognition of because we're dealing in kind of hold on to your fucking hat. When I say this, we're dealing with these kind of mythic characters of big and Aiden. So she needs someone who the audience knows who we would even feel slightly invested in. I mean, that's why Peter or whatever the fuck his name was, didn't really work. It was like, she's not going out with this Ross dress for less motherfucker. But yeah. say we get a Tony Goldwyn, a <laughs> any chance for you to bring up <laughs> Tony Goldwyn? By the way, I was just about to go through men who are in Oscar movies. I was like a Tony Goldwyn, a Will Smith, an Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And shout You're out! By the going- time you listen to this, the Oscars are over, and we'll be able to say Academy Award winner Will Smith. Yeah, long overdue. Absolutely, that. Anything else you're looking forward to in Just Like That Season 2? What do you I want hope Charlotte don't to be get, up to? I, you know, I was just going to get to that. Like, I don't want to see any more Rock. I don't want to see any more Lily. No offense. I just want to see Well, you're Charlotte. going to because they're both still living in that home. I know. You know I what I would like school. to see but for them? Because I do think that this show needs, like, rom-com vibes. Mm-hmm. I w- and while I don't want them to, like, break up, I think that there are ways to tell romantic dating stories within a marriage. And I would like us to start with maybe Charlotte and Harry are going through a dry spell or dealing with all dealing with Lily going to college and rocks transition and figuring out what's going on with their identity. Rock has led to some kind of splintering between the two of them, but they're still together and that we watched them kind of re fall in love. I think that would be a nice new way to show like dating 
in a different context. And I think it would just give us some, like, I need some rom-com in season two. I need some, like, not necessarily sex, and we can have more sex, but I just need to feel like two characters are falling in love again. And I worry that the show just isn't really that interested in Carrie falling in love again. It's certainly not the first season. And I just don't want to see her fall in love with that podcast guy. So let's do a rom-com vibe from Harry and Charlotte. I like that. Or Seema. Oh, give me Seema fucking all day. And I kind of hope that Dr. Nia Wallace is going through a divorce. Because I, well, I like her. No, I agree. Her, I agree. The actor who plays her husband, I think, is great. He was so good in the like last season of Mrs. Maisel as Shy Baldwin again. I thought his reappearance in the scene between him and Midge in the bathroom, amazing. I want to see Dr. Nye Wallace out in the like town, maybe with um, Rambo. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd also, I mean, what character would you want to bring back, like from the original series that you want to see in the new series? <sighs> well, I mean, speaking of where we're at, baby, you know who the answer is. A Bill Kelly. <laughs> I'd love to see what he's up to. Mm. What does he become? That dapper, silver-haired prince. I mean, yeah. pee on me, daddy. Oh. 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 What? I stand by it. Oh, I said Chris. it. Chris. Chris. On the mic. We're in season three now. Things oh are unhinged. Yeah, I, okay. No, I don't think the people are ready for us to be, like, in... Season three. Oh, like we're fucking season in it. three of shortcomings is This is the season be... three of Sex This is the season three of Sex and City. This, we're in our prime. This is it. Uh, literally, this is the this is our peak. And it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, like season three and four, like I uh, I mean, as the Twitter people say, we're in our bag. And I love season five. I and I love season six. I gotta I got I mean we're And up. I love the first honestly, movie. And honestly Are we going up from here? It's all uphill from here. Then we're going to fall off a cliff it's for yeah. the second movie. Steep cliff. No, Steep I think the second off. movie, we're just going to have a lot of gags. And I don't know the producer Brian's ready for gags. the content he's going to get for the second movie. I was going to ask you one more question about yes, and Just Like That season two. Ah, do you think we're getting more new characters? Like, are we about to get a round of, and this person's joining us, and this person's joining us, as no, we did with I can't the f- handle it. Same. Okay, I agree. No, like, because I feel like they didn't do enough with the new characters that we did get, so it's like, I can't handle more. I would actually love if they decided to do 13 episodes this round and give each of the new women a kind of standalone episode. No, yeah. obviously have them in the other 10 also, but mm-hmm. we need to sit with these ladies. I do. I need to like sit with them, get to know them more, spend more time with them. I need more time in LTW's beautiful apartment. Because more by the time way, with her they're the people I miss the most. I mean, I, same. I want to know what they're up to. Also, when do you think we're getting this? <sighs> so SJP is not, I think she's in Plaza Suite through the end of June. I believe that's when that show's over. I'm seeing it next month. And it hasn't even, it opens, I think, next week. So, uh, not until the summer. And they filmed that last one for for about eight years, it seemed. (laughs) Well, But it was also we were still in COVID, so I wonder if we had to shut down at points. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like 
with HBO, everything is taking so long now, and I'm so sick of it. Like, Succession's not coming back for however long. Well, they yeah, um, they don't even start shooting till June. Yeah, I'm like over it. I miss the days of you know St- standard TV. We're in starting September. September. We end in May. It's yep. Like- and every, you know, maybe there was a little hiatus in between, like you know, during the holiday, and we knew like that three was months. Like- yeah, we're taking we're taking Thanksgiving yeah. to January off. Yep. That's just that's what you knew. And I miss that. I need that back. And also I'm sick of Uh-oh. just ten episodes. Oh, sick see, of it. now that I love. I think you're saying that though, but remember what a cliff we fell off in season two. We were like so happy. We enjoyed the twelve. I mean, the- I don't need, you know. 26. Yeah. What is your ideal number then? I don't know. Well, I think especially with all the new people we're getting and all of the new storyline, I think like jamming it into 10 episodes is like a lot. What I wish they do is just play with length more and like just make an episode if you need to make it 58 minutes. Like there was no reason and just like that needed to be combined or confined, I should say, to... 40 minute episode like it just didn't feel necessary no so, i agree do what you need to do and i will tell about it to quote my favorite poem however we just need oh. more poetry just a little just a just a stanza a couplet as you, <laughs> as you will are you do you like poetry no i actually hate poetry i, I hate it okay it's a bit <laughs> too dumb for me it or i'm too dumb for it I just hate it. Like, I would have been the girl in Sex as of College Girls at that poetry slam. Like, the when's fuck that am coming I back? I'm not even seeing them filming. <sighs> no. Although they just wrapped Never Have I Ever season three. So now Mindy, I guess, can focus on Sex Lives of College Girls. Yeah, she needs to get to writing. Yeah, I need that show back ASAP. So, should we talk about it quickly before we get into the episode? Yes, I've been dying. Guys, we have a new obsession. And it's everything to us. I can't stop talking about it. I bring it up. You haven't fucking seen the dropout on Hulu. And I think most of you have because you've been messaging me about it. By the way, I also just assume anyone, everyone who listens are just the like 10 people who message me on Instagram. (laughs) Also, like no one messages me about this. What? I feel left out. No one's ever messaging me about shortcomings. Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) They're never. No, that's Anyways, not true. You've sent me messages that people I have sent you. I get occasional, but I'm not, no one's, we're not having conversations. I feel that they, well, first of all, it's just harder to get to you. I don't think so. I'm very open. I don't know. You've got Anyways, like a billion followers. How many people are littering that little side little thing that just says like, check here if you want? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure my, I'm sure most of our listeners are sitting over there, sweetie, because they're not one to talk to you about Bravo. <laughs> Guys, the dropout. I it's the best show up, ever. I'm obsessed with it. I needed this. I fucking needed this. I needed something to like so unhinged to like grab my attention. And I'm concerned now after talking to producer Brian, who I considered a cultured king. Mm-hmm. He'd never even heard of the dropout. He didn't know who Lizzie Holmes was. Nay, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, he I was shocked. Mouth you were like, but you're like a tech guy. And he yeah, was like, he's like a tech bro. I don't, although we have assigned that identity to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just who we think he is. He's an amazing, amazing tech guru, great oh. hair, 
great hair. Just saw his hair for the first time today. But he can truly go fuck himself because he's never seen The Dropout and didn't know who Elizabeth Holmes was. And it's the like, best show ever. And trying to explain to someone. Well, yeah, I love a scam. I also, it's hard to explain to someone what she did because it sounds insane. This is literally Chris and I trying to explain to producer Brian what she did. We were like, there's a drop of blood. I believe I said she invented blood at one point. You you did. You definitely did. Those words did leave your mouth. You said she invented blood. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, no, but she was going to put it in a box like an iPad. Okay, and call me crazy, Chris, but her idea was really good. She had a good it idea. Doesn't, it can't work. But that's the problem, right? <laughs> yes. But I it's think a, a lot of people idea. have good ideas. I think everyone should have a millions of dollars. It's not going to happen. I know. And that one professor, I mean, because I've become so obsessed with it, I now watch the documentary The Inventor about it. Oh, Lori Metcalf is, go- Lori Metcalf is getting at that ass. Oh, well, if you watch the documentary and you see the real people, they did great job casting. And you, what was great about the documentary, and the movie hasn't, the movie, the miniseries, yeah. hasn't done a great job in um, displaying this in the way the doc did, in which every single woman who encountered her was like, you're fucking nuts, you're a scammer, this is not true, get back into like where, from whence you came. And then the men were like, She's a genius. Let's give her millions of dollars. <laughs> Literally. It's just a bunch of dumb, old white men throwing money at her. And Amanda Seyfried is giving the finest performance of the year. And I know we're only in March. But I will be talking about this probably in September. Well, I will be dressing for her for, as her for Halloween if I can figure out when that is. <laughs> Someone did message me today and they said something about Halloween. And then in parentheses, they put October 31st. Look, it's tough to because know when they it is. Because they saw your message. They, they saw your message. Oh, and I should also add that in that post, I said I was 34. I am 33, as many of my friends often have to tell me, because I, I don't have a hold on months, dates, or my own age. So let's get into the episode. But before yeah. we do, we want you all to watch The Dropout. And I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you one question, Sam. What? Lizzie. Who is she? Is she a Carrie, a Miranda, oh. a Samantha, or a Charlie? Um, Charlie, hmm. Charlie, yeah, Char, 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 Charlie. That was a little bit between Jayla. Charlie and Char, Char. Let's see. Um, I don't know. I gotta say, I think she's a Samantha. I think she's a Rambo. Bold, oh, daring, bold. willing to do it all and risk it all. <laughs> Literally, I mean, the woman went through nine hundred million dollars. More, she was a billions. Uh, yeah, but she had to like she like all of that nine hundred million dollars went to like nothing. All right, and Sam, you've seen now. Oh, so you so you know how it ends. And also, I have to say, she got married. I'm just yeah. saying, and not to Sunny Bastwana. <laughs> Shall we get into the episode, Brian? You may need to drop a little music in here because that was an unhinged. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Okay. Don't go back. Just finish cleaning up your room. Let's get into the episode. Uh, let's go. All right, Sam, we are finally here. We're at season three. We're at the season we thought we were at, not 18 weeks ago when we started season two. And just right up top, I have to say, it felt like coming home. When I saw them on the ferry, I, I felt said, like 
It was a hug. It was a warm hug. I was like, we're we're in it. We're fucking in it. And look. I was thrilled. Look, it's hard to consider what we do on this podcast work, but uh, sometimes it's felt like work. (laughs) Low these past many, many weeks. We were in trenches. This felt like, you know, Oprah has a phrase, find your bliss and you'll never work a day in your life. And I don't know if that's how it's exactly phrased or if to even ascribe that to Oprah. When I turned this episode on and saw them on that ferry and ooh, we were at the bar in Staten Island dancing and Bill Kelly and I, I was like, oh, this is washing over me like nothing. I... And what I noticed about this We didn't know how rough we had it before this. Uh, Chris, we were literally in the trenches of hell. We were Those last for six our episodes of season lives. two were tough. We, I mean, we had to watch her play Twister with John Bon Jovi. We had to simply try to remember if his name was jo- if his first name was John Bon or if Bon Jovi was his last name. Chris, Chris, at one point you and I were talking about two different episodes that we thought were the same episode. Like, we didn't know, we didn't know what's up. We, we didn't, didn't know, know if we were down. coming or going. We were lost, and now we're home. And one thing I noticed about this episode that I missed from the other ones, or that was missing from the other ones, I'm sorry, is that I felt everyone's storyline was fairly equal. We, we like, have I felt found like we, our balance. Mm-hmm. Before Maybe it was not like in terms of Charlotte's like emotional missing. heft, but like everyone has enough to do. Charlotte's yes. love interest isn't a fucking horse. <laughs> well, isn't he? I was going to say. <laughs> well, that's debatable. So season three, we open up and I would say that this, the theme kind of of this episode is do women or I guess not theme, but the kind of organizing principle or question is the idea of like, do women require rescue, rescue from a breakup, from outside factors, and even from themselves? The one thing I would ask, though, and I will get through it as we go through each storyline is, do we think the episode has a kind of definitive answer about that? Because I'd argue I'm not 100% sure. And maybe that's okay that it's left open, because we'll get the answer in the season, the series, the original series finale. Yeah. So let's hear the monologue and then get into it. Okay. Later that day, I got to thinking about fairy tales. What if Prince Charming had never showed up? Would Snow White have slept in that glass coffin forever? Or would she have eventually woken up, spit out the apple, gotten a job, a healthcare package, and a baby from her local neighborhood sperm bank? I couldn't help but wonder, inside, Every confident, driven, single woman, is there a delicate, fragile princess just waiting to be saved? Was Charlotte right? Do women just want to be rescued? So I want to mention two things right up top. Okay. First and foremost, Prince Charming is actually Cinderella. So Carrie, get your shit straight. Uh, Thank you. Second of all, the image on HBO Max is wrong. The picture of them is actually from them at Jennifer Coolidge's purse party. And we're not there yet. We're not there. And at HBO Max, do better. Thank you, Chris. That's all. Thank you. Should we get into Samantha first? (laughs) Yes, I love this. Even though we see her horrible bed. So, (laughs) we're out on Staten Island and Samantha meets a little man named Ricky. What'd you think of Ricky? I love Ricky. (sighs) Ricky is so dumb. (laughs) 
And I love him. She's wet. Instantly when she sees She's him. She's a fire hose. <laughs> Cute. You know what they say? Big arms, big arms. Hello, 911. I'm on fire. However, Ricky is so disgusting. You think he's disgusting? He's so stupid. He's, I love I think it. he's hilarious, and I was actually shocked to see that the actor never acts again. That's all I needed. That's true. He gave one iconic role and was like, What is he up drop. to? Is he a fireman in real life? You know, I didn't get that far. Okay. Just was curious. Be, he could be like, remember in season one when she looks at, the, or is it the beginning of season two? Yeah. When she looks at the baseball player's dick and then that black guy comes up and we were like, <laughs> who is he? Why is like, this is so strange? Yeah. And then it's like, he was not an actor. He's the son of a, another famous black, black baseball player who was the first ba- black baseball player in like this league. And it's like, and this is the way he honored his father. I, this is very weird. And maybe Ricky <laughs> was honoring his dad by yeah. being on this show and showing his, showing his broad back and his ass. Oh, I don't know. I was feeling Ricky. Ricky definitely seemed like someone that, like, if I was out at a bar and uh-oh. like he was it, what? I just mean, uh oh, <laughs> you're gonna fuck Ricky? <laughs> yes, I would totally totally get with ricky and it wouldn't be like a it wouldn't be my proudest moment and i would probably never see him again but i definitely get i am gonna say one thing you do share a name with samantha jones i don't know that you have her prowess and ricky would like snap you in half he was like too much for me oh you mean like sexually yeah like he would break me i I don't know chris i've gained a lot well would you share last week and you survived that he was kind of like a ricky Uh uh-oh (laughs) <laughs> like a big dum dum. Yeah, that guy was too much. Yeah. Do you think that? So this is actually the first sex scene in the history of the show I deeply remember because I watched the show originally, and there's something about Samantha in that bed screaming, "You're so big and strong!" Ah, and like, it's so funny, Guys, and it is like burned in my imagination. She's a comedy queen. Lucille Ball of sex scenes. Yeah, she is so fucking good. And I mean, I need her to get out of this fucking apartment. I need her in her modern bed with her sheer curtains and out of this red satin hellscape. It is like the production designer, and we've talked about this one million times. It's like she's the sexy one. She yeah, has a we bo- gotta have red She doesn't sheets. have a bedroom, she has a boudoir. Yeah, it's disgusting. She has like an amour. Makes me want to vomit. Now, so the next morning, the girls meet for brunch. And to me, this is like one of the first examples of like us being situated, particularly at brunch. Like we're eating eggs. Like it felt like very Sunday morning. Very. And she shares the story. She has disdain for children. She's giving full Samantha. (laughs) And she talks about the importance of fulfilling fantasies. Do you have a fantasy, a sexual fantasy? 
that I want to share on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you. Sh- I think, okay, given uh, the other things you've shared on this podcast, I think <laughs> simply sharing, like, I'd like to have sex on an airplane is not the worst thing you will have ever said. You talked about being fingered. You're right. You talked about big dicks. Mind your parents okay. listen to this. It's like I wild. Shout out like- to Stephen Mary, my adopted mom and oh. hopefully adopted dad. I don't know if I have a fantasy, honestly. I... I I mean, a plane sounds nice, I guess. Private pearl necklace, like Samantha? What? In season five, when they are traveling to Atlantic City, and it's Samantha, Richard, and Charlie. Oh, see, if I was on a private plane, that changes everything. With and then me in the corner knitting, like, please stop! <laughs> Yes, exactly. What a fan! What a detailed, sick fantasy. Yeah, sick. What about you? I no. Oh, you don't get to ask these questions and then start moving on to something else. No. Well, the only reason I was going to move on is because I just don't. I don't really have one. Like, it's uh. just not something I would ever think of. Okay. Well, I mean, Bill Kelly's not not in one. <laughs> I was going to say. No, no, no. I mean, my fantasy would be like a foursome between me, Daniel Day-Lewis, Michael Keaton, Michael B. Jordan, and I'm the only person getting attention. Or, you know, I shouldn't say a foursome. It's like they come in, maybe I fuck Daniel Day-Lewis, Michael B. Jordan, and I just, like, cuddle. Okay. And then Michael Keaton and I, like, drink beer and, like, hang out and maybe I blow him. Okay, I bet Michael B. Jordan is a great cuddler. Exactly. It's like, and also, I don't want to get naked around him. No. I want him to be naked while we cuddle. Yes, but I, he would look at me the way um the girlies looked at Samantha in the first movie when I got naked. Like, uh oh, this <laughs> is a disaster. <laughs> we got to get you some help. Yeah, he would truly look at me like Anthony did. He's eating something out there. <laughs> yes, but. So Samantha is invited to go to the firehouse, and sadly, her fantasy becomes more of a reality. What'd you think? I'm obsessed with Samantha Jones at the firehouse. In her all-blue, sexy outfit. And she has to go and, like, sit with the bros in this, like, common room. I'm I'm so fucking tired of Sex and the City in this. They are always, (laughs) when they decide that someone needs to, like, not be hot... They cast, like, the most regular-looking people and treat them like they're disgusting. Yeah. It's hilarious. I know. I mean, I was laughing, but I was also like, come on, let's not drag these men. New York's finest. Yeah, I mean, you know, but then, I mean, just the visual of her in that fireman's outfit, butt naked, and he's like, get out of my fucking uniform, is so fucking funny. After she rides the pole a few times that night. Oh my god. And when she came down on the fireman's pole, I was like, this woman is a star. A star. Like, they don't they don't make shows like this anymore. And they don't like, make women like Kim Cattrall. No. There's literally only one of her. Yeah, and I mean, it's... She's iconic in so in every way. And so also, yeah, her body so, is sick. Sick. So they're having sex. They finish up. She's trying to be cute. And as you mentioned, this man comes out and is screaming at her. And I have to say something that is probably not going to be popular. I was very attracted to the man who was screaming. 
Oh, very. He And it wasn't even his face. It was more just his energy. I was like, yes, yeah, scream at me and like choke you, me, daddy. Uh, <laughs> Chris, you, I, yeah, you love a rage. Like I you have love when people me. have rage. Yes, Who were like we you, talking about once when we were like, oh yeah, the two of you would absolutely murder each other on like the first night. Oh my God, who was that? I can't remember, but we were like, he's so attractive. And you were he's like, so you attractive. loved him. And I was like, I see, I love him too, but we would absolutely kill each other. You would fucking murder him. Oh, I wish I had my phone next to me. Me too. I mean, I do. I'm gonna find it and then we'll circle back. Can I ask you a quick question as we finish yeah. this up? Yeah. What is the sexiest profession, do you think? <gasps> oh, God. Okay, it's between a pilot. A pilot? Explain that one before you go on. Pilots are so sexy. They can fly planes. That's That's it? That's hot. I mean, it's sexy, and they walk around the airport with their little suitcases and their their little white shirts with their little things on them. Okay. And what's your it's second? Hot. And what's your second? Obviously a fireman. Ah. Firemen are so fucking hot. Because it's like they're not cops which ew. But they're fire so they're fire. We're not they, calling like, to defund into- the fire department. No, exactly. They're like running into buildings that are on fire and they're saving people. They get kittens out of trees. They also look hot as fuck. Okay, I don't know the firemen get kittens out of trees anymore. They do, Chris. Would did you want to would you have called you should have called a fireman when Barb was out on the ledge about to commit kitty suicide. That was the darkest day of my <laughs> life. A nine floors up. I was like she's not surviving this if she goes. No, oh god no. And oh, imagine that cleanup. Um yeah, I I think pilots are the sexiest firemen and i'm gonna throw a curveball in there for my top three sexiest professional Uh oh go on (laughs) go on i'm scared Uh, a curveball yeah a bartender first of all you can't stay up late no i know (laughs) But there's something about like a sexy bartender, like I know I do agree. Uh, By the way, not even a sexy one. There's something about as someone who loves a cocktail, just any man who gives me alcohol, I'm like, gorge, fuck me right now. And like most of them have like really good conversational skills, and you're just like, you're really sexy. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like the McDonald's guy who hands me my snow cone. Oh no! (laughs) First of all, they don't make snow cones. Or (laughs) McFlurries. McFlurries. Yeah, or okay, what is, what is the sexiest profession for you? Um, For me, it would probably be, I mean, by the way, shout out to many friends who've said like architect. I'm like, really? I don't think that's that sexy. I don't know that I have any inherent interest in one profession. But I guess if I had to pick one, venture capitalist. <laughs> Just give me have that money, honey. Lizzie. <laughs> yeah. All right, by the way, Sam, I did figure out who the man is. Who is it? It is Todd from the Royal Housewives of Miami. <laughs> oh, my God. And that is shocking. But absolutely but also- true. He and I would kill each other within 10 minutes. He is so fucking hot. And, like, his anger that's inside of him that's just brewing is so sexy. But, yeah, you and him would... Murder. And I believe the example I used when I was just looking was is we would be our we would have like a night of passionate sex. 
uh-huh. then wake up and argue over who didn't put like the wine cork back in. And truly, it would be like a murder suit. Like, it would be would something be small that like escalated up. Neither of us would be able to let it go. And it mm-hmm. would be a murder suicide. A hundred percent. Yeah. While I'm very attracted to rage because it's like seeing myself externally. I should not be with someone who has deep rage in them because no, I've got quite a lot of No, you need to be with someone who's like really sweet. Yeah. You need to be with like a sweet soul. But not weak. No. Because there's nothing I hate kind. more than in life than weakness. <laughs> that's. And I know that's a rude thing to say and it sounds mean. Like weak people should have my like pity and love, but they don't. They have my disdain. But I get it. I get it. I don't, I don't either. Should we get into Charlie? Yeah, please. <laughs> I hate weak people. <laughs> So, Charlie's back on the saddle, as we learned at the end of season two, and she's looking for the right man, and she is frankly disgusted to be in Staten Island. However, she gets so fucking drunk, she's dancing, which is, I feel like, one of the iconic Sex and the City moments that gets memed and used a lot. I mean, that video of her dancing is saved on my phone. I do love the moment when Miranda and Carrie start, like, dancing along with her, like, well, yeah, she's drunk. It's one of my favorite scenes. And then on the ferry home, she loses it. <laughs> it's just making zero sense. And I saw myself in that moment with her. Spinning around, twirling. Woo! Honey, honey, close up. It's cold. Woo-hoo! Are you going to help? I held her head in the taxi. Oh, oh. You're so nice, Carrie. I'm nice too, aren't I? Yes, you're nice. I'm nice. I'm pretty and I'm smart. I'm a catch. Yes, you're a catch. I hate you. You know what? I'm going to meet the perfect guy and I'm going to get married. Yes, you're getting married. You hear that, New York? I'm getting married this year. And I thought Miranda was, like, such an asshole. Yeah. Miranda was like, get me the fuck off this boat. Get me the fuck off this island. I want to get eye surgery. I don't have time for these fucking idiots. And at brunch, she shows up so hungover but looking gorgeous. Gorgeous. I was like, if I ever looked like that hungover. I don't look that good I would fresh-faced be and, like, going to, like, an event. Same. And she's just spitting facts and talking about fantasies and shutting everybody down. And what she shares ultimately, right, which I really do appreciate, is her optimism, but also her frustration with that optimism. And of course, the classic line, where is he? I think it's wrong to sleep with a man just to fulfill a certain fantasy. Please, all the men we sleep with fulfill a certain fantasy. Or a nightmare. You fantasize a man with a Park Avenue apartment and a nice big stock portfolio. For me, it's a fireman with a nice big hose. And why are firemen always so fucking cute? Mm. Even when they're not that cute. They're still cute. What's up with that? Well, first, there's a weight limit. And second, it's the hero thing. You know, you see him up on that truck. Uh, that truck is hot. Hurrying off to save someone trapped on a burning ledge or something. Plus, they've got that I'm a good guy look in their eyes. It's that look. Mm. It's because women really just want to be rescued. There it was. The sentence independent single women in their 30s are never supposed to think, let alone say out loud. I'm sorry, but it's true. I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Who, the white knight? That only happens in fairy tales. My hair hurts. Charlotte, honey, 
Did you ever think that maybe we're the White Knights and we're the ones that have to save ourselves? That is so depressing. Is it? It is a classic line. It's also true. Like, sometimes, you know, we've all felt that way. But then she also just asked the question. She's like, don't women... Or no, it's not even a question. It's like a statement. She's like, women want to be rescued. That's why we find firemen so sexy. And look, I'm not you know, biologically capable of answering that question. So would you like to take a swing at it? Do women want to be rescued? You know, I think it's really painful to admit it. I think there is a nugget of truth to what she's saying. I don't think like women, most women out there are like, I just want someone to rescue me. But I think like sometimes it, (laughs) I mean, sometimes it would be nice. Like I always, my friends and I joke all the time. Like we're just like, God, I just want to marry rich. <laughs> like, well, well, I won't be marrying at all unless it's marry rich, marry right, grand. Right? Like, I just, and of course, there's like we're joking about it, but oh, like, I'm not. I, you know, but I, it, I do, I get it. Like, I get what she's saying, and I think that that's why all the women kind of sat there stunned a little bit. Like, ooh, she's kind of right. And I think in terms of storytelling, I think. I think that that is always the most interesting storytelling when you take an idea that technically we should be pushing against and just accept it as truth and force the characters to deal with it. Now, before we move on, I want to say one thing about Cynthia Nixon, who I love and think is one of the best actresses, her as Miranda Hobbs, stunning, thrilling, brilliant, never to be forgotten. However... She really struggles in these um, group scenes at the diner, and nothing is more makes me more aware of that than why are firefighters so hot? What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. She was really making me laugh. I just feel like she she's was like, so, "They're so fucking cute. They're so cute. What's up with that?" <laughs> it's she so Jerry Seinfeld '90s comedian. Like you can just hear the like the Seinfeld music behind her. It's. So fucking sad. And why are firemen always so fucking cute? Even when they're not that cute, they're still cute. What's up with that? And the other women are making it feel natural. And I felt like, is Miranda doing a tight five? Calm down, girl. (laughs) She was giving her own personal, maybe this was like a precursor to dating Che. Yeah, comedy (laughs) concert. So, I don't know. Love Cynthia Nixon. And I just want to keep my eye on whether or not she's great in those scenes. Because I think when we think of her great acting moments, we think of her relating to Carrie. And we think of her relating to you-know-who. And, of course, my King Dr. Robert Lees. Um, Who I'd love to see in the revival. (sighs) Mm, mm, Maybe he should get together with Seema. I mean, or Dr. Nia Wallace if she's divorcing her husband. Love to see that. Love to see him with LTW and Herbert in a threesome. Just get him in there. (laughs) asking for a lot. And I love that, by the way, the only way we can get characters in is to have them sleeping with someone. Like, other routes are available to us. This is Sex and the City, baby. Buckle up. He could just be on the street with his, like, baby, like Aiden was. I don't think he would have a baby now. No, Daba Robert Leeds is probably still in that apartment from when Steve closed the door and is, like, still fucking multiple women like a train. Models. Dancers. Nick's cheerleaders. Yeah, like, he's getting it. He's fine. So then Carrie and Charlie are out for drinks, and they see Arthur, who we'll get to. But before then, a little man named JJ joins us. And I'm just going to say one thing about JJ, because I'm so fucking disgusted. We have spent 
12 episodes of the first season, 18 episodes of the second, fucking 10 episodes of that shit show and just like that. Can't wait for it to come back. Talking about how the world of Sex and the City needs to be built and who gets to come back and who doesn't. JJ is a recurring character. He's who we needed to see again. I've been fucking seen Amalita Amalfi since the first season. Disgusting. Get her back. Even Sarah Jessica Parker said bring her back. And he has sex with Samantha. What'd you think of JJ? Obsessed with him. <laughs> hey, sweet lips. Obsessed. I mean, I, I find him. JJ's voice. He's repulsive, but I love him because he's oh so crazy. <laughs> he's wild. He's like, yeah, he's like, let me buy you a drink. I'm like, I have oh a bottle for Blondie over here. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, okay, thank you. Sicko. Loved it. So what do you think of Arthur before we get to like his clear problems? Like, what do you think of Arthur? The way he looks. I don't like blonde men. Same. There's nothing about him that would be appealing to me. No, like I can appreciate a good looking blonde guy. Like obviously Chris Hemsworth, very sexy. Okay, but Chris Hemsworth is put is so sexy. It's like it wouldn't matter if his hair was like orange. (laughs) No. He could be yeah, he could (laughs) bald, like bald. Mohawk. He could have a it, mohawk. You could I don't put, give a like, fuck. His hair was actually like snakes, <laughs> yeah. like Medusa. I'd be like, okay. Chris, the Hemsworth boys were literally made in a lab. Like I, I don't, don't understand think how they're all that Liam is anything to write home about. I'm sorry. And and look. Okay, anyway, maybe if I was I don't looking like at Liam blunt. Hemsworth as like in relationship to just him, like other men but are you comparing him but i can only see the hemsworth brothers in relationship to each other and it's like well if i I have to pick one perfect specimen to exist i'd shoot the other two and keep uh chris and he's and by the way i should add chris hemsworth isn't my favorite chris he's not even close christine bransky of course is my favorite okay but out of the all the men chris's who's your favorite chris oh pine oh okay i really like what he's doing lately with his look oh i thought you were gonna say politically and i was gonna say that's chris evans and i don't know how if i agree with what he's up to in terms of trying to bridge the divide between conservatives and it's like buddy that's not for you to do chris evans just drop another dick pic and leave us alone christopher jamal evans is his middle name jamal or did you do that thing i do no but people like to people call him that oh okay no christopher jamal evans has started like a non-profit about and by the way earlier when when Brian said that we, you and I go on tangents instead of talking about the show, and we were like, what? This is what he was talking about. This is what he means? Okay, we got to circle back. No, Christopher okay, Jamal Evans. Ha- oh, I was ready to keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I was he trying to take non- notes from have our a leader. About bridging, he's like... Captain I- America? Yeah, he wants to talk or to... him and Chris Pratt confused? No, Chris Evans... Has a non-prize called like a starting point in which he is putting together like this conservative and this liberal, and we're gonna talk and figure things out. That's like I think it's mission, it's thesis statement. No. Um, and to that I say drop more nudes and leave us alone. Mm. What were we talking about? Arthur. The man in the bar, Arthur. So Arthur overhears what's going on and he punches JJ. And Charlotte takes that as a sign of, like, chivalry and him being my white knight. Shout out to the music man. That's the most romantic song, I think, in the history of music. Ladies, gay men, do not be happy when someone who defends your honor who doesn't know you. That is not Arthur's job. It is scary. He is violent. And you need to run. I mean, I I would appreciate if someone came up to him and was like, hey, like, 
you know, back up, like chill. But we don't need to punch people. No. Also, there's nothing sexy That's about not punching cool. anyone. It's like violent. It's weird. No. It's like embarrassing. I would be like, you are so fucking embarrassing for punching anybody. I just, I'm not a fighter. I just don't. And I don't think it's sexy. The only time I ever think fighting is sexy is like in a hockey game. Okay. Well, someone's Midwest is showing. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. My Midwest jumps out occasionally. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, we love the Midwest. Shout out to the Midwest. Yeah. But then they're at brunch and hanging out. Charlotte finds out he knows one of their friends. They have mutual friends. She's so charmed. She thinks this guy's great. Mm-hmm. And then some. Then this other gentleman hits Charlotte's chair and they, they're fussing and fighting again. Anger problems. This is unacceptable behavior. Unacceptable, unacceptable brunch behavior. behavior. Now, I did have a laugh when he yelled at the waitress and she screamed and ran away. I just thought that was well played. Chris, I literally wrote down, I was like, get that woman in a horror movie because her scream was incredible. Nev Campbell wishes. Wishes. Get her in Scream 6. Get her in that horror movie you tried to get me to watch on Netflix I said no to. Fresh? No, Fresh is on Hulu, bitch. Is that a horror movie? With my supple mouth king? Yeah. I thought you said it was more of an erotic thriller. I definitely, okay, yeah, more of an erotic thriller, but definitely got some horror. Will we be watching the new Ana de Armas Ben Affleck horror thriller? Or erotic thriller, it's not a horror thriller. I'm ready. Someone wrote uh, the other day that Ben Affleck needs, that just needs to be his genre. Like, he's so good in those. I would not, has he been in another erotic thriller? I would not call Gone Girl an erotic thriller. Gone Girl! That is not an erotic thriller. It's just a thriller. An erotic thriller needs to have multiple sex scenes. That's an erotic thriller. I think you were confusing erotic. erotic with you just being attracted to him in it. And by the way, I'm with you. I did not give a shit mm. about Ben Affleck before that movie. However, you need sex scenes. You need affairs. You need oh. none of it. Now, what were we talking about? Sex in the City. Yeah, Sex in the City. Can I say I was also quite attracted to the gentleman who hit Charlotte's chair? No, that's my type. Kind of a thin, weasley man with curly hair. Mm-hmm. He reminded me, actually, of the guy who Charlotte will eventually meet at the art gallery, who's like, wow, wow, you live here alone? Wow. (laughs) That's one of your favorites. And I looked it up, and I was hoping it would be the same guy, but it is not the same actor. That man apparently now lives in, like, the South and is very happy to be considered the guy who got punched on Sex in the City. I would wear that like a badge. I was very attracted to him. I mean, I did laugh when he was like, I'm just trying to brunch, man. He was like, yeah, it's brunch. Get me out of here. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to chill at brunch. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the motherfucker kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG. All right, should we talk about Miranda? Yes. All right, 
Now, this has a character, actually, this season I'm taking a vow of silence and not speaking about. So, Sam, if you want to talk about Miranda and um, he who shall not be named, go Steve? on. Steve? Who? You're uh, that upset with Steve-O? Yes. I'm still wow. not over last week. Wow. Showing wow, up, acting wow. up, fussing. Get out of not my house. Not even though he took care of her? We'll get to that. Okay. So Miranda has is getting eye surgery, and Steve's like, well, who's taking you? And she's like, oh, I don't need anyone, but I guess Carrie can. And he was like, why won't you just, like, let me help you with things? And she's like, because I'm an independent woman, bad bitch. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to help you. She gives a great comedic performance, if you ask me. Where was she funny? With her eyeglasses. With her eyeglasses. She was making oh, me laugh. Can we talk about the doctor, actually, first? Yeah, of course. This guy is so fucking what rude. The oh, way so she's weird. like, he's so, she's excited and he goes, believe it. <laughs> I feel he, like that's Lizzie Holmes energy. He's like, I have no time for your nonsense. Believe it and shut the fuck up and get out of here. That's Lizzie Holmes, baby. Yeah. What really upset me about this storyline okay. is, is that Carrie doesn't go to get her because she's on fucking deadline. Carrie. Bitch, you've never turned listen. your column in on time. And I know that to be true. Ever. And as a writer, you have deadlines, of course. But, like, you also have a lot of time to work on it. And she knew when that procedure was. Correct. And it's just like, bitch, it's going to take you two hours tops. Go get your friend. Drop her off. You can write at her apartment. Like, relax. And then also what makes no sense to the story is she says, oh, Carrie, I was on deadline. So I couldn't make it to pick up Miranda. So in the way the episode works, A, Samantha's just out of it. There's no question of asking Samantha. And because we see the scene of Charlotte on the date with the, like, awful man, the white nightmare, Mm -hmm. we are to believe that she also said, like, hey, sorry, I have a date. I can't be bothered. I don't think Miranda asked them to do it. No, but Carrie, no, when I say she asked Carrie, and when Carrie decides she can't do it, yeah. Did she call Samantha? Did she call Charlotte? And also, I doubt it. I don't think Carrie has Steve's phone number at this point. How did she contact him? There's a lot of questions. This is sloppy writing. <laughs> For an episode I love, but I'm sorry. It just doesn't make... There is no point in which I think to at this point in the show, Carrie would have Steve's phone number. It makes no sense. In fact, I only think Carrie got Steve's phone number in the eight-year gap between the second movie and then just like that. And honestly, if I think about it, I don't think Carrie's got Steve's phone number now. Probably not. It just doesn't ring true to me. Although, no, I guess she did call him to meet to talk about Aiden. But no, but she got his phone number from Miranda, and then they sit on the stoop. Yeah. Or maybe he has, although this is like an old time, maybe she pulled out like a phone book, Swiped to, like, yeah, like Brooklyn Brady. Just... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Or Queens, I, I should say. I just don't think... I think Miranda doesn't like asking anyone for help, so her asking Carrie was a big deal for her. And then when Carrie said no, she was like, all right, I'll just handle it myself. No, she. it says that Carrie called Steve. Right, but I'm saying, like... I get it. Oh. The, the Miranda part of it makes total sense oh, to me. I, I get what you're saying. What bothers me is the idea that the show would position as if Steve was the first person Carrie would call. So under this world, we have to imagine that Miranda is alone and yeah. incapable of getting home. 
And yeah. Carrie, Samantha, and Charlotte said, I'm good. I don't need to go get her. And then Carrie was like, fuck, I guess I'll call Steve. <laughs> I get what you're saying. These women are awful friends to Rambo. Well, I is Miranda a good friend on them? Yeah, I think Miranda typically shows up, doesn't she? I don't really know. Well, Samantha's the mean. only good friend in this group. True. And Charlie, who will just be like, girl, you are out of control. Yeah, yeah. She's, Sam holds your secrets. Charlotte gives you the look like, what are we doing here? What did you think of like, right? So she goes home. She's like high, popped up on drugs. She wakes up and she can see clearly for the first time and is now all of a sudden in, oh, I recognize Steve as this good guy. What is happening in this show that is like supposed to be realistic to some extent that Miranda is actually live? We should not have been so like weirded out when Miranda was like, I'm flying to Ohio, baby, because this <laughs> bitch has always been in a rom com. She is in a yeah. movie that is cheesier than 50 First Dates. Oh, I woke up and for the first time, Miranda could see clearly. And then she holds his hand. It's like, what is this? She held his hand and did a little squeeze, too, I noticed. It was like a little twitch. Also, go sleep on the couch. What? They're not together. Don't sleep in her her. bed. They are definitely dating. She kisses him and stuff. I don't know. I'm just like over Steve. I'm over Miranda. I just. Yeah, wow. It's just hard to watch them. Why? In an opposed and just like that world. Yeah. I get it. Because it's also like you know what's coming for them. So it's like, It's like Final Destination. Does that make any sense? No, but I get it. It's like I can see that like they're in a car crash and I have the ability to tell them to stop, but there's nothing I can do. Because ultimately, you know, these are fictional characters. Yeah, but to us, they're not. I love both. Well, I don't love Steve. At one point in my life, I did. Yeah. And he does have a great ass. Should we talk about Carrie? <gasps> More importantly. Guys, we're here. This <laughs> is it for me. It. I am never going to be this turned on and this happy by a character on this show ever again. I've got these three episodes and then I got nothing. Yeah. Then I'm going to be like hanging onto the life raft that's Petrotsky. Like people are like, you love Petrotsky. I'm like, no, who I love is Bill Kelly. Bill Kelly is so sexy. John Slattery is like the hottest little tight piece of gold, silver-haired ass I've ever seen. He's so sexy. Like, and he's just got that big dick energy. Like, he just knows he is the guy. And I love that. He's, to quote Lizzo, 100% that bitch. And I will say one thing Bill Kelly and I share in common that is mocked in this episode, but I am. I love a thumb. I am a thumbs up person. Like, I will just shoot a thumbs up to anyone. (laughs) Well, I think also it's like he's a politician. He's thumbs up. Like, that's kind of like. Well, there is that like, and obviously you all can't see me, but there's that thing that Julia Julia Louis-Dreyfus pointed out when she started Veep that politicians do where it's not really a thumbs. It's like a hesitant thumbs up that politicians do. It's like, I can't really commit to being fully positive, but I want you to know I'm with you. Yeah. But Bill Kelly gives you a real thumbs up. Yeah, he does. And so do I. I love to just say, like, mm-hmm, yep, you're right. 
And honestly, I don't have anything else other to say about the storyline other than he's really fucking hot. No, I'm kidding. That makeout scene in the closet. So hot. So they meet at the contest. They have this really great flirty scene about how sometimes a girl just needs a half. And I feel that we're seeing a chemistry from Sarah Jessica Parker and John Slattery that I don't know that we'll ever see again between Carrie and the love interest. I think it's most closely approximated to her and Berger at the beginning. Yes, I agree. But it's so like easy peasy, easy breezy, beautiful, come on me girl. My God. But yeah, it's fun. It's flirty. I also like this idea that he's like this politician, but he's like in a dive bar. Well, like, he's also just running for comptroller. It's not, it's, right. It's but not, I, he's, but not, he's, it's got, not mayor. he's got his eyes. He's got his eyes set on, on a mayoral race. Mm, mm, mm. He's a man who likes power. <laughs> oh my God. Succession. Um, oh, oh, get Bill Cully on succession. And by the way, one of John Slattery's hottest roles is when he was on Veep. I mean, his hottest role is Roger Sterling on Mad Men. My God, what that man does to me. When he says to Joan, you're the greatest mountain I'll ever climb or something like that, I've honestly never recovered. I don't, wow, I'm going to sit with that one for a while. I think y'all should. Wow, you're the greatest mountain I'll ever climb. Now, I know I basically ran... You know who ragged last week for showing up at someone's apartment unannounced. But you know who can do it? Bill Kelly. Because he respectfully sat on the stoop and actually said something nice. Okay. And he wants her to register to vote. He wants her to be a good member of society. Mm -hmm. And he kind of plays a joke where he's like, sometimes a girl needs a half. (laughs) He's so good. Show me your shoes. Ooh, cute. Yeah, he is so cute, so sexy. He asks her out in the most non-threatening way, which is basically to say you don't even need to say yes. I'm going to stop by regardless. Mm-hmm. And you join me or you not, which like, talk about just dream writing of a man. A man would never do that. <sighs> God, I could only wish. A man would be like, um, I'm going to be eating Wendy's and drinking like a beer at home. Maybe you could stop by. I mean... <laughs> But I do love the phone call between Miranda and Carrie. Oh, love. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm standing here, fully dressed, watching that politician guy drive off to Staten Island without me. Why? You hate Staten Island? No, don't think so. Any other ideas? Just say it. Big. You're terrified of getting hurt again. There it was. The phrase single independent women in their 30s are never supposed to think, let alone say out loud. Yep, okay, gotta go. It was an important phone call. I I felt like they needed to have that kind of conversation. She throws on a blue dress, looking very much like the first dress she goes to that date with Peter where she throws up in. She tells him it's going to be a tough time, like, and she wants to take it slow. But like any smart woman, she can't take it slow because it's motherfucking Bill Kelly and they make out Mm -hmm. in the closet and it is hot. It's so hot and funny and like sexy. It's everything. It's everything. Bill Kelly is a goddamn dream. It reminds me actually of when Gilmore Girls on Lorelai says, 
we're going to make out in the coat we're check. Don't eat my chicken about Digger. I always think of because <laughs> yeah. we don't see that. I think of Carrie and Bill Kelly making out. Yeah, and they had very similar chemistry. I mean, this guy. So Carrie leaves. I don't know why she decides to leave before him. Like, why wouldn't she just leave? It doesn't make much I sense. I thought that too. Yeah. She misses the ferry. By the way, Jimmy Choo probably sold a million shoes based off of this episode. But then Bill Kelly shows up and gives her a ride home. But she has to tell him how to get there. And the episode ends with another thumbs up and a nice little quote from Carrie about how, you know, it takes 50-50, and it's beautiful. Beautiful. Great episode. Well, he didn't have a white horse, but he did have a BMW with a working heater. So I guess sometimes a woman absolutely has to be rescued. You're taking me to my apartment, and that's it. That's it. For tonight. Now, do you have any idea how we get the fuck off this island? Um, okay, make a right. And sometimes a woman absolutely has to rescue a man. At least that's how it ends in this Staten Island fairy tale. Great episode. What did you think of the fashion? What was your favorite look? The fashions kind of were not even like a factor to me this episode. Like I was more focused on like what was going on. The story. Like, we're finally getting yeah. story. <laughs> yes, I was more into that. I, I mean, I do think I... The Carrie look at when they're first in Staten Island with the tube top is like very Carrie to me. And I really liked that. You didn't I saw her at one point wearing like a members only jacket. She gets she likes to give No, I'll tell you my favorite look of the episode, and we only saw it from like neck up basically, was Samantha in the white shirt at brunch when she's telling them about Ricky. She looks it's like this casual large shirt. You can almost wonder if it's like his shirt, and she literally left from his place to come to brunch and like yeah. rolled it up. But the way it's like positioned on her body, she looks so great. She's got these amazing like 1940s curls. I mean, she just yeah, her looks hair is kind of amazing yeah. at that. I mean, there's no way she did that if that is his shirt, but you know, we live in this crazy world. Yeah. So, in terms of the men, we had Ricky, Arthur, JJ, Steve. Dr. Gottlieb, Mark, and Bill Kelly. Bill, I mean, Bill Kelly. Bill Kelly. Well, I mean, I Mark might get ask. it eventually. Mark is his assistant. There, do you know his assistant who will ultimately be seen as gay? Because it's, um, oh my God, why am I not? Stanford sees him roller skating is in like the yeah. background of this episode. Yeah. So I appreciate that they use the same actor, but it's got to be Bill Kelly. Got to be Bill. And then, you know, maybe a Ricky. Oh, God. But I would pick Bill. Bill, obviously. I mean, <laughs> when we Bill. get to the end of this podcast and we pick our favorite man of like the whole show, guys, saying it now, it's going to be Bill Kelly for me. Sorry. Do you have any hot takes about this one? Hmm. Hmm. This is where the show should have started. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a perfect Sex and City episode to me. Perfect. Wow. So I think it's a great episode. I think it hits all the women in- perfectly. What would you give it out of 10? A nine and a half. I'd give it a nine. Okay. The only place where I would dock it is, is that I just genuinely don't think um the Charlotte storyline has a funny enough beat. If it had something that really made me laugh, it would have got it in 10 time. out of 10. Got it. 
I can't give it a 10 just because we know, I know it's, it's a 10 for me. Yeah, I know we it's know it's coming be a 10. next week. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Guys, I'm so excited. I'm going to be so fucking depressed when Bill Kelly makes his I've final appearance. I've never seen like this ever. Not a lot of men like Bill Kelly. Shout out to John yeah. Slattery. Come on the pod. Chris, could you imagine? Honestly, to see his little face pop up on a Zoom, I don't even think I can handle it. I would be like, I might cry. We got to get him on. He would do it. I would genuinely ask you to excuse yourself and try to like get something going with him. And he would then, then we'd have no <laughs> podcast. I'd be like, Brian, Sam, you guys got to go. I'm just going to talk to Mr. Slattery alone about a side project. The side project <laughs> would be adopting me because I also love Talia Shire, his wife. Alright, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 3, Episode 2, Politically Erect. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. I'm hoping Sam will invite me on to talk about the Dropout Season Finale. And you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Brava Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Yours Aloft on Twitter. All right. We'll see you next week for more Bill Kelly. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.